When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Inspiring Stories for Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Hello and welcome to Inspiring Stories brought to you by Bower and O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Uh, We are going to step into the ring in this episode to meet a man who is on the cusp of fulfilling his lifelong mission, that is to become a world champion. Uh, A dream he says he remembers having at the age of seven. And over the years, plenty have said that he couldn't do it, that he wouldn't even go close. But he has persevered and at times through great adversity, which we'll hear more about over the next hour or so. Uh, As a teenager, in the early days of his career, he says he had three goals in mind. Firstly, to fight Mundine and to beat him, and he's done that. Secondly, uh, to have the famous voice of Michael Buffer as a ring announcer. Well, he's done that as well, in fact, more than once. And thirdly, it was to win a world title. He's currently ranked number two. Uh, but in a matter of weeks from now, has a chance to tick off that third goal. Our guest is boxing champion, Michael Zarafa, a.k.a. Pretty Boy. Hello, Michael. How are you? G'day, mate. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, let's start with the present, because I know that's probably all you're thinking about uh, at the moment. You've got the biggest bout of your career coming up. So we do appreciate you taking the time uh, to talk to us when you're so in the zone. How is the prep going? Yeah, training is going unreal. You know, we're exactly where we want to be. Um, I'm pushing the body. The mind is a, is a big factor in this fight. But, um, you know, we're exactly where we want to be. Uh, training two, three times a day, seven days a week. Um, you know, like I said, you know, that dream was at seven years old. And in a few months, uh, I get to fulfill that, you know, and get the opportunity to jump in the ring with one of the best in the world and, and um, you know, go 12 rounds and hopefully get my hand raised. What would meaning? Uh, what would winning mean to you? It's literally everything to me. I've uh, dedicated my absolute whole life to this sport. You know, I dropped out of school. You know, I didn't didn't work because I had one dream, and that was to be a world champion. And like I said, in a few weeks, you know, I get to I get to step in the ring and um, you know put that all on the line. And, and it's been what twenty three years now. So hopefully, it's uh, it's all yeah. worth it. And in my eyes, you know, I've always it's inevitable for me. It was always going to happen. You know, at seven years old, I told my mum and dad, I said, I'm going to be a world champion. I'm going to sell out stadiums and, and have more money than I can dream of. And, you know, <laughs> and 23 years later, and I, I get to live that. So it's, um, it's been You're a long... You're almost there. Yeah, it's been a long a long journey, a very sad and, and tough one. But um, yep. you know, hard work pays off. I truly believe it does. And and this is my... this I was destined for this. 23 years um, I've been in the, in the making. You know, for me, it was inevitable. It was always going to happen. You know, my slogan's BFG, and that, that was born for greatness. You know, and, and I've always yep. stuck by that. You know, many have doubted me, but again, I just put my put my head down and um, and just prove them wrong. I love being the underdog. There's no pressure. 
you seem to feed on that. I love it. I love it. You know, there's so many people <laughs> that tell me, you know, you're not good enough, you're not fast enough, you're not skillful enough. And I just say, you know, buy, buy a ticket and, and make sure you get front row seats because um, I'm out to shock the world yet again. I've done it many times, yep. you know, beating former world champion, you know, Jeff Horn and, and fought the best in the world and beating some of the best in the world. And every time I've stepped in the ring, I've had everyone doubt me. And uh, that's the best way to be. I love it. So you're seven years old when you declare to your, your mum and dad that yeah. this is going to happen. You're going to be a world. So let's go back. Let's go back to you as a, as a youngster, you know, the, the primary school yard, Michael Zarafa. I mean, what sort of a kid were you? I was always up to no good. That you remember? Yeah, well, I was always up to no good. Me and my mum, we always talk about it. We sit down with the family around the table and we just go around stories as, as, as a kid. And my mum said, whenever I was quiet, I was always up to something. You know, I was always adventurous. You know, she'd come in the backyard. She'd think I'd be playing outside, but she'd find me four or five houses down. You know, I've jumped the fence and, and I'm always up to no good. I'd be swimming in my neighbor's pool, you know, because it was a hot day. And, um, so harmless said, stuff. But just harmless mischievous. stuff, yeah. I was never, never a troublemaker. I was just always, you give me, you know, a piece of string and, and a stick and I'll, I'd make something crazy out of it. But for me, she said, you know, you're, you're, you're a blessing and you always have to stand out. I was always the black sheep. If everyone went left, I'd have to go right. You know, I never wanted to be like everybody yeah. else. And um, as a seven-year-old kid, I was just watching Roy Jones Jr. And I just, I said to myself, all they, all they got is a bit of discipline, a bit of dedication, which I knew I could have, you know, to have, you know, a world title around my waist and have more money than I could ever think of and, and give back to the, you know, my family and friends and, that was always my dream, you know, to, to buy my, my mum that house and, you know, to drive nice cars and, you know, live that yeah. lifestyle because as a kid, it was pretty tough for me, you know, like we never got given those things. My parents were just, you know, everyday Joe Blows, you know, we were never rich. Uh, we did what we had to do just to get by and, you know, I never got to live that exciting life. So I said, you know yeah. what, if I put my head down, show a bit of discipline, did a bit of ded dedication, I could, I could get there and I never looked back. I said to my mum at seven years old, so I'm going to be a world champion. And um, every day, no matter how hard it's been, uh, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, I've just always gone back to that that seven year old that promised himself a world title. And, um, and and can I ask what did you what did your mum and dad say when you declared that? <laughs> did they just laugh <laughs> it off? Yeah, they just laughed it off. Mine was just yeah, she's a, she's crazy. She's a little Maltese lady. She um <laughs> she said you're staying in school and, and you're becoming a doctor like every other one, every, everyone else's <laughs> mum. But um. You know, looked up and good. We've had ups and downs. You know, there was a time where it was it was really tough. And um, you know, and again, I don't think they believed in me at certain times in my my career. But um, yeah, as long as I believed in myself, and that's what I try to tell everybody else, as long as you believe in yourself, it doesn't matter what other people's opinions mean. You know, you're putting in the work. You know, you're ticking off all those boxes. Every time I get in the ring, I make sure that I've done everything right, and no mm. stones been left unturned. And I just remind myself. I literally talk to myself round by round and just say, "Man, one more round." One more round. We're, we're nearly there, and um, you know, now I'm number number two in the world, fighting for the world title, and it's a dream come true. Yeah. So, in terms of your your really like primal motivation here, you know, you mentioned money and having nice cars, providing for your family, but also proving people wrong. Um, you know, multiple motivations there. But what is it? that really, you know, gets you through those hard days of training and the struggles. What is that that sits at the top of the pile there is, you know, yes, this is why I have to keep going and this is why I have to do it. For me, honestly, it's never been about me. Um, if, it was, if, if I was fighting for myself, I would have retired years ago. Um, for me, and I say this all the time, I fight for, for others. Um, you know, for, for the days I get up in the morning and I say, you know, I'm tired and I can't be bothered. And then I, I sit there and, and 
reflect and, and say how grateful I am because there's guys that unfortunately don't get the opportunities I've been given. Um, you know, there's kids with disabilities. Um, you know, there's people that are blind. Um, you know, and then for me to say that I can't be bothered, I'm tired, it's just so selfish. So for me, I fight for those that can't. And, um, yep. you know, people, I just want to make, a, you know, like a dream to those that want to do the same thing I want to do. As a kid then, uh, Michael, you know, it's all, all very well to say that and have that um, that dream from the age of, of seven. But when did it actually uh, start? When did you first get the gloves on and get in the ring and, and get a love for boxing specifically? Uh, seven years old. I walked into my boxing yeah. gym and so you're I put in my the first ring pair of boxing gloves on. And seven years old. And I said to myself, I said, as soon as I put them on, I said, they're staying on and, and this is this is where I want to be. <laughs> it's, it's, where, it's where boys become men. I truly believe that. Um, you know the dis- the discipline, the dedication that's involved, the sacrifice. Um, you know it's it's all in or nothing, and uh, yeah. I love that. You know you can't play boxing. You can play football. You can play soccer, but you can't play boxing. And mm. um, it's a solo sport, and it's you know you got to go in there and 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 do it all on your own. And um, yeah. I love that about the sport. As a as a kid though, you know learning how to box and take care of yourself. You know if you had to. Um, did it change the dynamics in the schoolyard at all? You know, when you sort of, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Where when where I'm from, if you, if you couldn't fight, you know, you wouldn't survive. And um, really, you know, my mum always taught me. She said, never start it, but always finish it. And um, yeah. to this day, I've always <laughs> stuck by that. You know, I'll never start a fight, but I'll make sure I always finish it. And um, I've just, I've always just been, you know, a humble kid. Um, you know, just grateful for what I have. And um, you know, it took a long time to get like that. You know, I had a lot of adversities. Mm. You know, I suffered uh, a big time with, you know, mental health. And, um, you know, recently I've been trying to uh, trying to get that out there because it plays a huge role. In, and um, and people don't talk enough. You know, we're, as men, we're, um, you know, we, 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 we care too much about what people say. You know, as men, we're, we're not meant to talk. You know, we're sooks if we talk or speak out. Yeah. And I was one of those guys. And I always say I'd rather call my mate a sook than have to bury him or, or go to his funeral. So, you know, for me, I had to get over that was, was tough and very, very difficult. But... Um, I just kept telling myself, you know, at the end of end of a bad day, a bad day can only last 24 hours. At the end of a, end of this day is a new day, um, you know, same goal, just different mindset, you know. And mm. I just remind myself that every single day that eventually it all will pay off. And mm. uh, like I said, I've 20, 23 years later, I'm in this position and I've worked my absolute butt off to get where I'm at. You know, I've fought 35 people, I've fought eight world champions, been all around the world and I've... I've had that many training sessions i can't even i can't even count on you know so yeah it all pays off and just you know going back to the to the schoolyard when you first started out you know never never start it but always finish it um once you did start to develop your skills as a as a boxer did it actually make you a bit of a target uh, uh in, yeah. in the yard as well because people wanted to prove themselves against you or, or you know yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. Of vibe. even to this day i'll be walking around at a shopping center and, and people want to people want to go yeah I was like, you know, like, they'll be like, well, really? you're that, yeah, you're that Zarafa guy. And like, let's go one-on-one. And I'm just like, you know, like, <laughs> where's your parents? You know what I mean? Like, they're 15-year-old kids. But um, I, I, it's, it's as I've gotten older and, and, you know, the target was always on me, I just learned how to deal with it, just shrug it off. You know, like, if they knew better, they'd be doing better. You know, fighting doesn't solve anything. Yeah. You, you sound quite philosophical, Michael, almost like you have to have a philosophy of your own to kind of uh, make sense of where you are and why you're doing what you're doing. Um, has that always been a part of you as well? Have you always been a, a thinker? 
Yeah, I, I guess I, I, from, from from much as I can remember, I've always been, you know, that kind of person where, you know, I'm really about God and 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 give back kind of guy, and each one teach one, and you know, I I, I feel like God's using me to help others, um, you know, to whether it be for fitness, whether it be you know for goal driven, whether it be mental health, whether it be any any form of you know helping somebody. I feel like that's why He's put me in this situation. Yeah, let's uh, let's go to your your debut uh, professional bout here, Michael. Um, we've just got a bit of um, audio. This is uh, from you uh, knocking out your opponent. Um, let's uh, let's have a listen. Exciting debut. I was literally tired before I even walked out of there, how much I was sweating. And how yeah. much I built up in my head, you know, because in my, I was telling myself like, this is it, this is the start of my professional boxing career, and you know, the first of many. But you know, to walk out there, and I think I was fighting in a, in a stadium, well, not even it was like a like a little town hall with like a thousand people, you know. And I was like, this, this, I've made it, you know. And then I went in the ring, and I remember being in there and just looking at him, thinking, Oh my God, what am I doing in here? You know, I was so nervous. Um, I just said, just stay relaxed. And then it didn't go very long. I think I knocked him out in the first or second round. And um, the excitement was through the roof. Um, you know, I think I over-exaggerated just a little bit. I think I pulled a hammy <laughs> how much I was jumping around the ring. But um, I just knew that was that was for me the moment where I was like, this is it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to make noise. And yep. I, never, I never looked back. And every time I got in the ring, I was like, it's the hurt business. It's kill or be killed. And as I got mm. older... At 18 years old, I didn't have that mindset. I was just going through the motions. But now uh, I'm a different beast. You know, I get in the ring and, you know, I want to hurt you. And that's yeah. sadly, that's how it is. It's a it's a primal state to be in, isn't it? It's crazy. You know, sometimes I look yeah. down and just the focus you got to have. Like, even when I walk out to the ring, people see me and they're like, this is not the same Zarafa I know outside the ring. You know, you're an absolute beast in there. You don't even blink. I said, you know, there's, there's a job to do. You know, before yeah. the fight, I, I, I don't... I don't really want to know my opponent. I don't care what he has to say. After the fight, we can be mates. But during the fight, I want to hurt you. And um, if you don't have that mindset, I feel like you're not going. To, you can't go far in this sport. You know, you're in there fighting. You know, you've got to go in there. Like I just said, you can't play this sport. You can't play boxing. You got to go in there and, and make a statement. And uh, you got to hurt him before he hurts you. Yeah. How do you how do you switch though so seamlessly? Because they're so extreme, aren't they? And one one. Uh, acts that doesn't belong in the other. You know, all the things you're trying to do, as you say, you're trying to hurt your opponent, you're trying to cause them pain, that doesn't translate as being acceptable outside of the ring. So how do you how do you just turn one off and switch the other one on? So it took me a lot of years to try to figure out how to get like that. But for me, it's it's trying to be present. And in anything in life um, that you do, even trying to run a business or, you know, another sport, 
being present is the key to success. Um, you know, if you, if you think about the past, you'll, you'll be depressed. You start losing your mind. You start thinking about other things. I could have, I should have, why didn't I? And if you think about the future, you start giving yourself anxiety because you're starting to try to change that what ifs and, and you start doing your own head in. So for me, I just focus on being present. Literally, at the time that I'm walking out is the time that I'm thinking. The time I'm in the ring is what I'm thinking. And, and round by round, I'm just focused on that very, very moment. You know, I'm feeling the inside of my gloves. I feel the silk in the inside of the gloves. You know, I see the sweat drop off his head as we go face to face. You know, reminding myself of these little one percenters, these one little things, that's how I stay present. And each round I do that. And, you you know, if you do that for 12 rounds, the fight's over. You know, yeah. and I'm not getting caught up in the crowd and, you know, and what's going on and he's done this and he's done that. And I'm just focusing on me. It's like driving. You know, if you're in a car and you're worrying about what everyone else is doing on the road, you'll go mad. You know, you get in the car and you focus on what you've got to do and you stay focused, you stay calm, you stay relaxed and you get the job done. Yeah, that's a good way to be. I need yeah, to that focused. one I'm behind the wheel. It took me a long sure. time to get there, but, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's just the, the key to success is just being, being present. Yeah. Um, we need to uh, take a break in just a moment, Michael. After that, um, I want to ask you about that, uh, that horrible episode uh, in your life where your sparring partner, uh, yeah. collapsed after a, a session and, and passed away, which uh, really shocked the boxing community in Australia um, at the time. But just before we go to the break, I have to ask, pretty boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, uh, your, your other name. Where did, where did that start? I tried to shake it off, you know, for, for so many years, <laughs> but I just couldn't get rid of it. They, they gave it to me in my first amateur fight. They, um, they said, Michael Zarafa, you know, very pretty, the pretty boy. You know, he's very neat to watch and, it just stuck. I had the same ring announcer every single time. And I was like, why can't you give me like the destroyer or the, or the bomber or something, you know, Terminator or, you know, something dangerous, but it just stuck. And then um, funny enough, when I turned professional, the ring announcer was still the same. <laughs> and um, he just kept announcing me, Michael, the pretty boys are rougher. And yeah, I just couldn't get rid of it. And, uh, yeah, 30 and the harder you try, the more it stuck. Yeah. The, and now I'm just rolling with it. I'll just chuck on some fancy shades, a nice suit. And we'll just chuck a yeah. cheeky smile in the press conference and we'll just roll with it. But it's definitely not for my looks, um, sadly. <laughs> sadly. Well, Mark, I've got to say, for someone who's been in the ring as much as, as you, you know, your nose still looks pretty straight. Your eye oh, hasn't sort of right. <laughs> dropped over and sort of co compressed and, and collapsed since. So you're all intact, mate. So I think you can still wear it. Um, we need to take a break, Michael. We'll get uh, into more of your story right after this. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories Boxing Chat. Michael Zarafa is my special guest uh, who in a matter of weeks uh, is going to hopefully fulfil his lifelong ambition and claim a world title. Uh, he's, uh, he's not quite there yet, but he is on the cusp. And as I mentioned uh, earlier, has had to uh, overcome some, uh, some pretty intense and heavy adversity uh, during his time. Um, and probably the most uh, standout moment was when uh, he lost his friend and sparring partner um, after a session in the ring. It was a moment that sent shockwaves around the boxing community uh, in Australia. Um, so, Michael, I might get you to, um, to just reflect on that and, and talk us through how you remember it. It was uh, one of the hardest days of my life. And um, still to this day, you know, I reflect back on that moment and, and just, 
you know, I try not to visualise it, but it's so hard because, you know, me and Dwight Ritchie uh, shared the ring and I was grateful enough to share the ring with such a talented fighter and, you know, a humble man. And we, we fought each other twice as amateurs and, um, you know, we're in preparation for our fights. He was fighting Tim Zhu and I was fighting Jeff Horn. And, you know, he just walked in the gym one day and this particular day and he was just a little bit off. And, um, you know, we were sparring. And every time we sparred, we'd always bring a crowd. It was bigger than our fights. You know, there was so much competitiveness between him and I. And, um, you know, there was, there was just so much skill that um, we both shared in the ring. And everyone got around it. And this one day, you know, we just we didn't seem right. And, um, you know, sadly, he ended up collapsing mid-rounds um, after a body shot and, a, and a, a few punches landed. And, you know, he just... Sadly, turned blue, and we're trying to do everything we can to, to help him. You know, we try to give him mouth to mouth, and you know, trying to resuscitate him. You know, the the ambulance ended up rushing in, and they ended up coming back to me, and they're saying, you know, we're meant to work 45 minutes. You know, we're 27 minutes in, and you know, Dwight Richie's passed, and um, you know, for me, it was it was the hardest day of my life, and I hope no one ever has to go through what I had to go through. Um, you know, he was just like laying in the middle of the ring, blue. Mm-hmm. I remember him saying to me, you know, like, help. And um, there was nothing we could do. Yeah. And, so um, he, he, you lost him. You lost him right there in the gym. He literally fell in my hands. And, um, wow. you know, on the floor, um, mid-rounds, you know, we were, we were punching on, we were sparring as we do. And, um, yeah, he just literally wore a shot, collapsed. And, um, yeah, he just turned blue. And he was telling Help, you know, and I was trying to reach his mouth guard. I was, we we're doing it. Our teams ran in, and we we're doing everything we can. And ambulance came, and they, we just could not revive him. And uh, yeah, sadly, he passed. Uh, what, what did they end up determining as the cause of death? Um, yeah, I think he had a heart attack. Um, yeah. Sadly, it was just with me in the ring. They reckon if he had gone for a run that day, they would have, you know, same outcome would have happened. But you know, to go through. I've never seen someone go to that extent of, you know, dying, you know, mm. it, it's, um, it's a scary thing. And, you know, some days it plays on your mind and, you know, it could have been me and you yeah. know, so remind yourself how grateful you are every day you get to wake up. So, um, yeah, but like I said, it was just a traumatic day for me. Yeah. How much time did you have to take away just to process all of that? Cause you know, well, it's as heavy as it gets. I was a legit a uh, week and a half, two weeks out of my fight against, you know, the big rematch with Jeff Horn. And, you know, I didn't want to let the people down. So I, was, I didn't take any days off. I was literally back in the gym the next day. And, you know, to walk in the gym and see, you know, the, his sweat marks still on, on the canvas, um, you know, it was just scary in itself, you know. Yeah. You mentioned Jeff Horn there, Michael. We're going to place a, a little more audio here. This is uh, uh, the incredible ninth round of uh, Zarafa v Horn, because you guys had uh, quite a, a tussle back and forth, didn't you? So we'll just uh, have a listen to this and get you to, uh, to to share your thoughts on it. He's ready to go. He's Jeff Horn halfway through the round. Jeff Horn's ready to go. He's totally exhausted. Takes a big right hand. He's taken plenty of them. And in the corner of Jeff Horn, there is no towel in the hands of Ben Rushton. Jeff Horn, bloodied and getting beaten up. And they're going to look 
to look at the cut. And in the corner of Jack forward and trying to eat this clock and get through this horrendous night round and it is For me, it was a huge achievement and, um, you know, put me on the map. And, um, you know, the second fight, unfortunately, it was, a, it was a controversial loss. You know, I won the fight, but sadly they gave it to him. And um, yep. to this day, you know, people still put a question mark on that. So, yeah, but we give it to him. You know, you got to be humble in victory, humble in defeat. Yeah, at the end of the day, whether it was a win or loss on my end, you know, on paper, he got the W. But um, yep. it was definitely a controversial loss. And, um, you know, I don't know if you saw the fight, but um, mm. yeah, I definitely had should have had my hand raised that night as well. Yeah, uh, can I ask? You know, in the uh, in the pre bout um, uh, meetings, you know, where they put the boxes together, you know, you go toe to toe, you eyeball each other. You know, sometimes there's a bit of lip, sometimes it gets out of hand. There was obviously that one moment with um, you and um, Isaac Hardman that uh, that definitely uh, actually became physical. But all of that, all of that banter between you guys, how real is it, and how much is that you guys just sort of trying to, um, I suppose, bring a bit of theatre to the moment and, and build the hype ahead of the ahead of the bout? Boxing's a business, and I say this to people, and that's why I yeah. do it well, you know, and that's why I turn a lot of heads, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of animosity behind me as an, as a fighter, and you know, you got to sell it. You're you're going into a fight game, you know, you can't have two guys about to fight saying, you know, all the best and. <laughs> be polite. Yeah, be polite, yeah. you know. So I, you got to bring a little bit of flamboyance. Um, and I seem to just have that face that everyone wants to hit because, you know, I have, <laughs> I have that I have that with a lot of my fighters. You know, I had it with Jeff Horn. I had it with Tim Zhu. I had it with, um, you know, Isaac Hardman. I've had it with numerous opponents. But for me, I don't I don't get worked up about it. I just I, – I, because I'm so cheeky about it, you know, I've got the, 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 the grin and I just act like I don't really care. Um I think that really gets under their skin, but for me, it just shows their weakness. Um, you know, if I can already, if I can get under your skin by, you know, having a having a bit of a laugh before the fight, you know, and and, and taking a taking the piss out of the moment, you know, it just shows that you're not really mentally that strong come fight time. So it's a kind of game I play, but um, you know, just to get that front foot, and I did it perfectly with Isaac Hardman. Um, you know, he was talking a big game, and I've knocked out everybody, and this and that, and you know, with one or two little words, you know, got under his skin and. Yeah, before you know it, he was attacking me at every press conference. He couldn't keep my name out of his mouth. And I already I knew I won the fight prior to even stepping in and you know, it showed on the night. I knocked him out in round two, you know. So for mm. me, it's it's nothing personal. Um, you know, but although Isaac Hartman we did get pretty personal. That was um 
yeah, pretty. Well, that's pretty... A, that's the thing, you know. He so he's at one point I think accused you of uh, suggesting that he was racist, um, which is you know it, it's, that's a big call to make, and I don't know if that's considered you know to be crossing a line. Um, you know, he said that he was going to flatten you out, and you know he was coming in with a twelve and zero record, and you were just going to be another notch in his notch in his belt. Um, but like, where does the line get crossed? And when he uh, then started it, uh, the, the physical altercation between you guys at that uh, pre-bout meet. Um, you know, it, 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 was that genuine when when it did get push and shove and and and, and punches actually thrown? Was that genuine? Yeah, it definitely definitely was real. Uh, you know, people say, "Oh, was it for the cameras?" I said that fight was definitely real. You know, because he would be calling me three months prior to the fight, four months prior to the fight, on my personal number. You know, uh, abusing me and saying this and saying that. Really? I'm gonna knock you out. And, that, and that's that's not done. That's that's With, not that's, done. Yeah, yeah. Like normally, like you know, you do it for the cameras or whatever. But you know, he was generally calling me on my personal phone. I'm gonna knock you out. You're scared. He's facetiming me, and I'm like, mate, the fact really? that you've got my name, you know, or my, me on your brain 24/7, mate, I'm living rent free in your head, you know. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, you know, shut up this and shut up that, and you'll see. I said, mate, the contracts are signed. Yeah, you know, I'll see you April 20. And, um, you know, he talked to big game, but like I said, I said, styles make fights. I said, you, you, you know, you've never gone where I've been, you know what I mean? And you want to go where I'm at. So for me, like I said, I just, it was water under the bridge for me, but there was times where, you know, he got a bit racist. He, he, he said some stupid things. He did some dumb stuff, but, uh, again, it all got settled in the ring. And that was my thing. I said, I didn't have to act like 10 minutes outside the ring. You know, I said, like you're doing, you know, come fight time. I'll, I'll silence you with, with a knockout. And, yeah, uh, and you know, to and go out did. there and do that, yeah. And I, I kept the promise. You know, I promised the world that I was going to knock him out. And I had people messaging me saying, you know, please knock out Isaac Hardman. And I said, mate, <laughs> time's ticking. You know, I said, time's ticking. And uh, I said, skills pay the bills. And I said, brother, you're just not on my level. And that's that's not cocky. That's just confident. And um, you know, he's very flat-footed. And he just banks on his knockout power. I said, mate, you need more than just your right hand. Mate, I love your, your one-liners, Michael. Do you <laughs> listen to a lot of, you know, especially the, the rhyming stuff? Do you, I mean, do you listen to a lot of rap music? <laughs> where, where, where does the poetry come from? Mate, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. A lot of people, you're not the first. I get it all the time, even Fox Sports. And then I, I actually, I don't even know where I come up with half the crap. You know, there's times <laughs> where I'll rewatch it and I'm just like, I don't even know where that come from. You know, I just, I'm very quick with it. I guess I've been like that since a little kid and I'm very um, just fast on the, on the comebacks. But um, yeah, like there's a lot of things I say and I'm just like, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> but it works. Well, hey, if it, if it works, uh, run with it. Run 100%. With it. Um, just on that, uh, again, some of the banter. We've got another clip to show you. This is uh, Tim Zhu. Uh, talking about uh, having a bare knuckle fight with you. Let's take a listen. We've got this belief in ourselves. With with teams that are far, they barely even know each other, you know? And that's the reason, you know? Loyalty, the guy changes managers, the guy changes trainers every two weeks. What do you expect? You know, the fans have said, I don't, I don't really need to say, say anything. The fans have said it. Uh, the only thing I'm offering him is a bare knuckle fight. Bare knuckle, that's all I'm offering, bare knuckle. He had worried look in his face, in his eyes. He was sweating when I was in front of him. And then all of a sudden the fight Fights off and he's found his balls. Oh, I want to fight Zarafa. You know, oh, Zarafa, the fight's off. Now all of a sudden you want to speak up and have a bare knuckle fight. I said, man, I'm having to wait for you in the car park. No stress. But that fight's going to happen. <laughs> you know, me and that, me and that kid, we, we're going to fight. Uh, I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to silence the critics and, and get on with it. You know, that fight, yeah. you know, like I said, if he was Tim Smith, no one would care. Imagine if my dad was Mike Tyson. My dad was Mike Tyson. Everyone would be going crazy. 
but sadly my dad's you know working at the airport and uh, not a former world champion so that's life but again me and Tim Zhu it's the biggest fight in Australian boxing the fight will definitely happen you know they've already said it's bigger than Mundine Green uh, you know 80,000 people in attendance 200,000 plus pay-per-views that's a huge fight um, you know and, and, and Zarafa Zhu will be a fight that will happen in the next year yeah, but you've got another big one uh, on your on your more immediate horizon Correct. Uh, that you're very much focused on, and we'll get you to t- again uh, talk us through your preparations uh, for what will be uh, an epic opportunity for you to claim that uh, that world championship. So let's take another break. Michael Zarafa, aka Pretty Boy, is our special guest in this episode of Inspiring Stories. I had to get it in there one more time, Michael. You can't punch, you can't punch me from where you are too. So. You're too far, mate. You're too far. <laughs> more of his story right after this. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Welcome back to Inspiring Stories. Tim McMillan is my name. My special guest in this episode uh, is boxing champion, soon to be, we hope, world champion in Michael Zarafa. Uh, Michael, you mentioned um, as a as a youngster you had three goals. One was to fight and to beat Anthony Mundine. Uh, the other two we'll revisit in just a moment. But that was your, your first of three goals. Uh, and you managed to do that. We've got a little bit of audio just to uh, take you back to that moment. Looks has got the skill. He can bang. He's only been beat by the very best in the world, Michael Zarafa. Look, Anthony Mundine, stage so far. Oh, we got short there. fought for three plus world titles one of the biggest names in in sport history for australia you know to go out there and beat him in, in i think it was 60 seconds or something in the first round was like i said you know definitely past his best i wouldn't say i fought a prime mundane but um for me if i could afford him in his prime i would, I would have loved it but unfortunately just mm. the age difference I, I missed out on that opportunity but like i said i went out there and it was for a title you know he came out and said he was going to knock out michael zarafa and you know i was the number one champion he goes oh i want to fight zarafa you know, Zarafa's the man at the moment. I want to beat him. So the tables turned. And, you know, and my, my hero became, you know, one of my enemies. So it was good. And he went out there and I ended up knocking him out in the first round, in the first minute. And, um, you know, he, he retired after that. And oh, I seen out that dream. What's it like knocking out your hero, though? Is he still your hero? A hundred percent. Well, I actually panicked for the first maybe 20 seconds because I got in the ring and then I was like, oh, man, this is mundane. And then... <laughs> He was just staring at me, and I was like, oh, here we go. And then the first jab I, I threw, he slipped, and then he popped me back with another jab. I was like, oh, no, it's going to be a long night. I said, here we go. And then I just I refocused, got back to being present, and then about 30 seconds later, I ended up knocking him out. Um, you know, to see him out the way I knocked him out, because it was a big right hand, and, you know, he was out, out on his feet, lying on the canvas, looking up at the ceiling. Um, you know, they should have put his sponsors on his shoes, but sadly they weren't. <laughs> but... Um, Look, you know, it was pretty. It was pretty sad to see him go out like that. But 
again, you know, cannot take away his accomplishments regardless of what people think of him and what he's said in the past. Anthony Mundine truly is the man and um, I've got nothing but love and respect for him. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you catch up and, and stay in touch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still talk. Like him still? Yeah, 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 we still talk. We, we, we um, you know, give each other a call every now and then and, and touch base. And when he's down in Melbourne and even when I fought hard, when he was in, he came up to, to Crown in Melbourne and he was in my, my, my hotel room just chilling out with us and just, you know, he passed on, you know, an ancient rock, um, you know, for for his tribe and stuff like that. For me, it's a good luck thing. And, um, yeah, man, we, we're good friends now. Yeah. Can you talk us through your, your preparation for uh, a fight? Are you one of those um, uh, people that believes in a, you know, in a, in a process almost down to an OCT sort of level? Do you have, you have your rituals that you have to do? A certain song has to play at this time or, you know, you have to lace your, foot, your left boot before the right. You know, you hear of all sorts of little quirky things that, that people who are in your sort of sport uh, have to do uh, before they're ready to, to go in and compete. Are you one of those people? No, not really. I mean, I, I am when I, like, I got well, a thing with my socks and my boots. The way I tie my socks yeah. and boots, the way they go on, one's higher than the other. The way I tie the bow is, is different. I mean, it's a little strange, but yeah, I, I guess I have that as my every fight routine that I keep the same but leading into a fight I just and I say this to everybody you know people see from the outside they're like oh you know you got to wing it I just wing it you know because mm. how can you plan for the unexpected you know especially in my sport uh you know if you wake up one morning and you're, you're like oh you know the night before I'm going to do a 10k run but then you wake up and your legs are absolutely killing you know or you've got a bit of a chest infection or you've got a migraine or something so you, you basically plan it as I go you know, I've got, I've got what needs to be done, but sometimes things happen, things change, you know, and if you start putting too hard on yourself, you're just putting unwanted stress uh, on the body and on the mind, which, you know, isn't good going into fight time. So for me, I just listen to the body, um, you know, and, and I always want to be the first in the last out in the gym. That's a must, but um, I just wing it. You know, people say, I want to go in there and I want to watch this and watch my opponent and I'm going to do this on training. I say, man, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Hmm. And I just get up and enjoy it. And what about when you're actually in the moment, when you're in the fight and, you know, you've got a crowd raging and roaring <laughs> around you. There's so much noise and there's people just, you know, yelling out all sorts uh, at you and your opponent. I mean, are you just oblivious to all of that? Is it just white noise in the background? Like, what's your mindset when you're actually in there just fighting for your life? Yeah, well, working with my sports psychologist, like, I've got to a point now where when I walk out, I, can, I can't actually hear anything. And it's it's yeah. so weird. People are like, what do you mean? Like, it's a crowd of ten thousand people, twenty thousand people. How do you not hear anything? I said, oh, I wish I could tell you. I said, oh, I just I hear just like noise. I don't hear what's going on. I don't hear any booing. I don't hear. I just hear noise. And um, you know, that's just being present. I get in the ring and I'm so focused on what needs to be done. But again, I just round by round. I just take it round by round. You know, I don't think about round four when it's round one. I go back mm. to every corner. And I just say to myself, I literally say to myself in my head, one more round, Mick, let's go one more round. You know, it's round round two. We can go one more round. It's the last round, but we'll, wanna go, we'll go one more round. All right, let's go one more round. And I tell that to myself every time I'm talking. Round eight, one more round, 12 rounds in, and the fight's done. Yeah. My head's raised. Well, hopefully your hand will be raised uh, in the coming months because, uh, as I say, you've got your opportunity to claim that, uh, that world title. Um, tell us about your opponent and how you're going to beat him. Well, I told you, he, uh, he's been already FaceTiming me now and he's been sending me on um, like TikToks and Instagram and all that. And he, 
he reckons he's um he's been tweeting about me. He reckons he's going to come to Australia and knock me out, and he's going to come to Mexico and knock me out. He's going to come to America and knock me out. I said, mate, the thirty before you thought the th- thought the same, and thirty fell short. You know, I said, so just make sure you bring some toothpicks to get the leather out your teeth once I knock you out. <laughs> so for me, I, 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 I he's he's a walk forward kind of guy. He's strong. He just wants to knock everybody out, but he's got an IQ of a of a P. So for me, like I said, you know. I'm going to hit him. I, I said to him, I said, I'm going to hit you with that many lefts. You'll be begging me for a right. <laughs> uh, again, with the banter, I love the lines. I'm knocking Brilliant. him out. He's going to sleep. I told him, put your sponsors on the bottom of your shoes, brother, because you're going to be on your back looking up. Yeah. Uh, and again, as I mentioned earlier, you had those three goals. The second one was to uh, to hear uh, the famous ringside announcer call out your name. You've achieved that more than once. So this is the third one. If you tick that off, um, do you feel like you will have then climbed the mountain? You'll be at the top of 100%. that mountain? And I say to everybody... And, and what I are you going to see on the other side? A hundred percent. I say to everybody, the mountain, you know, that's why there's a point on the top of a mountain. It's only... It's only there's only a, there's only room for one person on the top. You know, the yeah. bottom of a mountain, there's a thousand people. You know, and as you, as you climb in a mountain, it gets more narrow. You know, it gets harder. You know, there's less room. But uh, on the top of the mountain, there's only one spot for one person, and that's where I'll be standing... You know, come come fight time, and I truly believe I'll beat him. You know, and I just I don't even care what he's going to bring. I just know what I can bring. You know, I know how tough I am, physically, mentally, emotionally. I know how fast I am. Um, and if you don't have that belief, you know, then there's no point of giving it a crack. You know, and, mm. and for me, like I said, unless he catches me with a big shot, which can happen, you know, and if he, I say that to everybody, if he knocks me out, then he deserves to win. But I'm coming to I'm, I'm coming to take his ears off. And when you're at the top of that mountain, just to continue with the with the metaphor, um, do you do you dare start looking down and looking at uh, um, what life might be like after boxing, or is um, it the case if you just want to stay on the top of that mountain for as long as you can? Look, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to always stay on top of the mountain, you know. But you know, there's new there's new young guns coming up the rankings. You know, there's young guns trying to take my head off now, and they just can't. You know, so eventually there's a time where you have to hang them up, and, and, and you know give back and that's what I want to do you know I mean I want to for me it's not about me it's about everybody else you know I want to show everybody that I was just a local kid that chased the dream you know that gave back that beat all adversities I'm human you know I, I get up some mornings and don't want to go on with the day because it's hard you know, life's tough you know you, you you have roadblocks you know you get setbacks but just keep pushing through them you know like I said you know having to bury one of my sparring partners and then three weeks four weeks after that I had to you know, Barry, one of my good mates, Shane Tuck, who took his own life for Richmond AFL player. You know, so I went through a period of my life where it was just dark. You know, then I had the loss with Jeff Horn. Then I had the whole Tim Zoo saga that, you know, affected me badly for 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 something that wasn't even true. You know, and for the, for the last three years, I felt like, you know, God was against me. But like I said, there's light at the end of the tunnel. A bad day can only last for 24 hours. And that's what I'm here. I'm here to set an example and show people that anything can be done, no matter what. As long as you believe in yourself and you believe on where you're going and what needs to be done, nothing else, everything else is irrelevant. Michael Zarafa, good luck um, when you do take uh, that final step towards uh, becoming a world champion. Um, we know the whole country will be uh, right behind you, willing you on. And, uh, yeah, we're all hoping uh, that you reach uh, the summit uh, that you've been aiming for. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We appreciate it.
I appreciate it, man. I love everything you do, man. You're an absolute legend. God bless you. Thank you, Michael. All the best. You've been listening to Inspiring Stories here on 882 6PR in this episode uh, with boxing champ Michael Zarafa. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. We look forward to you joining us next time as we unearth another inspiring story. You're listening to Inspiring Stories for Barra O'Day. Don't miss out on the little moments because the little things are everything. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.